Lord. Let's can just continue with that, that mind of worship, even as you have a seat. Oh, we thank you, Father. The title of my message tonight is going to be a, a hopefully a quick message, but I don't think so. <laughs> it's called Make Room. So as you're sitting there tonight, just we're going to make room for the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to make room for the Lord tonight. Come on. Whether you're watching or you're here, we're going to make room for him. I told the Holy Spirit, have your way. I'm just your vessel tonight. I don't have an agenda. It doesn't have to be A, B, C, and D. Holy Spirit, have your way. I don't know when it became A, B, C, and D. Come on. But we got to make room for God. We got to get back to making room for him. For him being our priority, our number one in our lives. So Holy Spirit, have your way tonight in us. We thank you. For you are good. For you're the greater one on the inside of every believer. And tonight we remember you. We took time out of our schedules, see, our schedules. <laughs> the things that we think we have to do. And we lay it all down tonight and we say, have your way. Bring us back to that place, Lord, that first love. Bring us back to that fire, God that burned so hot within us, Father. We couldn't wait to come to church. We couldn't wait to testify of your goodness. We couldn't wait to tell others. We couldn't wait, Father, to spend time with you, Lord. Bring us back to that place, Father. That place of remembrance, Lord. That place that no matter what's happening in this world, Father, we have room for you. spend time with you and that we rest in your promises we rest in your goodness father for you are good there are so many weary right now father but i ask that you strengthen them tonight holy spirit for you are the comforter you are our strength you are our peace you are every help in time of need, Father. So we thank you. We call on you. You are all that we need. We worship you tonight. We lift your name on high. You're worthy. You're so worthy. We thank you. the title of my message is make room can you imagine a life lived where you spent time with God daily where you stop all the noise and the busyness of the day and you daily quiet yourself before him listening to what he says gleaning from his word 
just spending time with him. Sounds like an infomercial, right? But if I told you that life is possible, that life is possible. If you decide today to make room, that life is possible. See, this journey with the Lord is not, and I said this on Sunday, is not about religious activities. And that's why I say, when have we gotten to the A, B, C, and D of things? And when are we going to just get back? When is it about fulfilling mandates? Come on, we get enough of that in the world. <laughs> it's about a relationship. And I wrote something down. Have we lost the fundamentals of relationship? Social media has done great with that. What is the definition of relationship? Come on. It is the way in which two or more, it says concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected, relationship. How do we maintain a state of relationship when we're not taught that these days? Right? See, relationship is more than just being in the same room. I could be in the room with all of you and I don't know, I, that doesn't mean I'm in a relationship with you. And we do that with God. We do that with others, but we do it with God as well. Where we're in the same room, we could come to church, but we don't have a relationship. We have religious activities that we do. I just want you to chew on that for a moment. When connection is maintained within that room, that's when you're in relationship. How do we get back to relationship? How do we get back to connection? When so many people, you, everything is, is, is in its own compartment. And we've learned that. See, that's how we live, right? You have bedroom, your kitchen, your bathroom. Everything is compartmentalized, right? Everything is just a compartment. And then we do that in our lives. And we don't even realize it. I started thinking about that. I'm like, yeah, this is so, I'm writing it and I'm like preaching to myself. I'm like, Jesus, this is good, right? We do this. We take and we have, I'll give you an example. Um, we have a room in our heart called family. And that's my family time. That's my family, but only the good ones because those that are against me, they're not in that room. Like, you know what I'm talking about, right? So my family, that's my family room. Then we have our career and our work room and our goals and, and nobody's gonna mess with that because that's my job and that's my career and that's how I make money and, and blah 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 fill in the blanks and then and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things it's when these things take precedence over the Lord nothing wrong I'm not talking about wrong things and you're not doing nothing bad but you've forgotten your first love right then you have your fun room everybody likes the fun room where I go on vacation woo I have my, you know, fun and, and, and I go out with my girlfriends or I hang out with the guys or we go to a game or and there's nothing wrong with a fun room but some people are having way too much fun. Bring it back a little bit, right? Right? Now you have all these rooms and this goes from the youngest to the old. I'm talking to the teenagers here as well and if you're watching, it goes to everybody. We all have these rooms. I know you guys are thinking about your rooms right now. I got my sewing room nursing room 
just because Myra laughed, I thought about a nurse. <laughs> I got my drumming room. Like, you got all these rooms, my worship room, my, right? Can you imagine Jesus showing up and knocking at the door of your heart? And there not being room for him. What would that look like? It would probably look something like this. Like when the Roman Emperor Augustus, he decrees that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And everyone returns to their own towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of, the, of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem, right? And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee and he took with him Mary whom he was going to be engaged, and she was expecting a child. And then this is what Luke 2, uh, 6 through 7 says. So it was that, that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, no, for her to give birth. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. So this has already happened. See, the problem wasn't that there wasn't an inn. The problem was that it was already booked. So I started looking. See, sometimes we read the Bible and we skip. I tell the women all the time when, we, when I have my conferences, like, don't skip over words in the Bible that stick out to you. So I started looking at that word inn, right? And an inn is different from a hotel. Did you guys know that? Okay, some of you, it's okay. I didn't know either. I mean, I knew, but I didn't know. An inn is a smaller, more intimate establishment. Come on. And there was no vacancy in that inn. Other guests had occupied it. The space had been filled. It was there, but it wasn't available. That intimate space, that, that quiet space. It, it's not that there's no heart there. It's just that there's no room in the heart anymore. Could you imagine that innkeeper after turned away Jesus, then come to, to come to find out that the, you know, when, when they came and they brought all that, they're like, what? This is the, like, this is, this is the one that we've been waiting for, the one that was prophesied. He didn't even realize, or I asked, did he even realize who was at the door? If maybe, just maybe, he would have paid a little more attention, he probably would have made room. So I'm going to encourage you tonight, pay attention. Recognize the opportunity. See, this is parallel to our heart. Colossians 1.16 says, everything was created through him and for him. Let me say this again. Everything was created through him and for him. In other words, we were made by God and for God. I'm going to say this again because you have to get this. This is going to be life-changing for you if you get this. We were made by God and for God. We were made by God and for God. We were made by God and for God. Get this. We were made by God and for Him, for God. Until we don't understand that, in life is going, it's, it's going to keep not, it's not going to make sense. If you continue that, if you don't understand that you were made for God and by Him, you're going to keep trying to fill your life with things that nothing else can fill it. But God, 
You were made for God. You were made by him and you were made for him. That's the reason you exist. I hope that changes everything. It, it simplifies everything. It's not as complicated as we've made it. Because when you understand that, man, you stop trying to fill it with everything else. I don't need anything else, but I need him. My creator, my redeemer, come on. Woo. See, what happens when it, we fill our lives with other things, we invite other guests in, we rent our hearts out to other things, and there's no room for Jesus. The heart is there, but it's already filled. And it's really not filled because it's really empty because you're going to keep trying to fill it, keep trying to fill it, keep trying to. See, see, you fill it with your job, you fill it with your money, you fill it with your this, you fill it with, you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you fill it with. The television, you fill it with games, you fill it with alcohol, you fill it with drugs, you fill it with men, you fill it with women, you fill it with fill in the blank. And you think you're okay, you're not. And I really believe this is like a wake-up call for the church. Wake up. What is taking up room in your heart and why? Take inventory. Again, I'm not saying there's all wrong. There's not bad things. Your family is not a bad thing. But your children don't come before your husband, and your husband doesn't come before God. Okay. <laughs> When you, somebody's still clapping around. When you take inventory, you see if God is number one or not. We crowd our lives with other things. We fill it with stuff. Then we don't have room or any time or any thought of God. When our hearts aren't available, available I call that the overbook crowded life. You overbook your life. See, we don't think about our lives like that. We're overbooked. Look what Jesus says about that life. Look at Mark 4, 18 through 19. It says, the seed, now remember, he was talking about the good grounds. He was talking about the grounds where the seed falls. He said, the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is what? Crowded. Right? It's crowded out by the worries of this life, the lures of wealth. Come on. And for the desires of other things, so no fruit is produced. See, Jesus wants us to produce fruit. God wants us to produce fruit. You're supposed to be good ground. And can I tell you how? You are good ground. Don't forget that. But we allow these other things to choke out the word. We allow these things to, to take our hearts away from the Him. And then you miss out when your life is crowded with other things. You don't have room in your life for what God wants to do in and through you. And the gifts that God wants to give you. See, so many people walk around, they don't understand that God wants to give gifts. He's a blesser. He wants to give you gifts. Amen? James 1.17 says it. I say this every Sunday. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He's a gift giver. There's an example of this in the Bible and I love this. There's a woman that made room in her home, the Shunammite woman. You can find the story in 2 Kings 4. I didn't write it down because it's a lot, you know, for time's sake. And when the Shunammite woman recognized the opportunity to serve God's prophet, she made room for him in her, in her home and her heart. 
See, our awareness of or desire for God is his invitation. Come on. He invites us to make room for him, to make time for him, to open up our minds to his presence and his message. Do you know that he has a message he wants to get to you? But if we're busy with so many things, how are we going to hear? See, the woman, the Shunammite woman possessed both wealth and wisdom. Why? Why did she possess that? You know, when you're reading the Bible, ask yourself these questions. Why? Because she spent time with God. You want to know how to run your household? Spend time with God. You're a college student and you want to know about a career and how to further yourself? Spend time with God. You want to, you're a businessman, a businesswoman, and you want to spend time with God. You want to run your house well? Spend time with God. See, we leave that out. And I don't understand, how can you live this life without God? We're seeing the effects of it right now. We see it. Just walk outside, walk around. Turn on, don't turn on the news, but turn on the news. Our life without God is this woman had wealth and wisdom. And after several visits from Elijah, the woman suggested to her husband they venerate their house to include a furnished room for the holy man. See, I love this. I, I was screaming when I wrote this. A, an occasional visit wasn't enough. And it shouldn't be enough for us. An occasional coming to church shouldn't be good. An occasional time, spending time with God should not be enough. By that time, if it's occasional, you are starving. In the spiritual sense, come on. You should be wanting to spend time with him every day. Look, I, I'm renovating right now my home office. I love a good renovation. Anybody that knows Pastor Net? Yeah, Pastor Jose's like, yeah, she does, right? I love decorating my house. I love painting. So I, when we moved, I've always had a, a, a home office. Well, when Joshua moved out, Joshua's room became our home office. Thank you, Jesus. Sorry, Joshua. I love you. So when we bought the new house, we had another room. Joshua's not there, right? So, I, so we made that room. Um, I made that room Pastor Jose's home office. And I brought all the stuff. But Pastor Jose in the basement, he has his own little, like, man cave area, you know, pool table. He has his stuff there. So every time I found myself in this room and he's downstairs, and I'm like, what? So it, like, you know, my brilliant mind said, wait a minute. Why do I have this room for this man who doesn't use it? So I said, Holy Spirit, help me. I'm praying about this. And I'm going to go to him. Because I didn't know that he was, like, he didn't feel this room like it was his. But I was always spending time in this room. So I said, I went to him and I said, honey, you know, real nice, honey, that room upstairs. And he's like, I don't like it. That's not, I was like, oh, well, exactly what I want to talk to you about. I would like to make that my room because I've been feeling that I really want, see, I, I, I've been feeling that I really need a space because I go to that room and that's my meeting place with the Lord. And every time I go in that room, I write. Now, I have another meeting space with God. I have a lot of meeting space with God, but, you know, my bedroom at night. But at night, I like to just, just be alone and just. And in this room, every time I walk in and I sit down, I feel like that's my space with God. And he said, absolutely, take it. And then, but I was trying to bribe him at first. I was like, and I'll fix up your man cave really good. And, 
And it was like, no need for all that. So I rehearsed all this in my mind for no reason, right? Because it was very easy. He said, absolutely, honey, take the room. And I was like, yes. So I started making my space. And I thought about the Shunammite woman. And I started taking things down, his stuff, and putting it downstairs. And his, I'm taking all the papers, and I'm doing all this. And I'm putting my fufu colors of plush pinks and flowers. And I'm making it all. And I'm, and I'm excited. And I thought about this woman, how excited she was to make a room for the holy man to come. For the holy man to have time with him, to spend time and talk with him and, 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 and serve him and worship him. Come on, not the holy man, but to worship the Lord and, and worship God. Come on. And I said, I'm the Shunammite woman. Yes. Because I feel the same way. An occasional visit isn't enough. I want you, Father, just to, just to stay. I, I carry you everywhere I go, but your presence here with me. And, and I'm getting to, the, and I'm hearing your messages, and I'm writing, and I'm talking to you, and you're talking to me, and we're spending time, and, and it's quiet time with him. And it's so, there's nothing like it. And this woman did that in her home. And in providing for Elisha's needs, of course, he wanted to, you know, reciprocate that. But the woman explained, she said, I don't need anything. And when Elijah persisted, his servant noted that she was childless, right? So the Shunammite woman, she, she had no thought of reward. She wasn't doing it to be rewarded. She didn't spend time with him to get something from him. She spent time with him because she wanted him. She didn't need anything else. Oh, you got this, God. Yeah, you're going to give me this, God. Oh, I'm going to get this, God. No, no, it wasn't about that. It was, I want you. I want you. I don't care if I get nothing else. If you give me nothing else, you've done all for me because you gave me life. And she stood there. And so he said, you know what? I'm going to bless her. And he gave her her heart's desire, even when she didn't say what it was. Come on. She had no thought of reward, but because she made room for God, he fulfilled her heart's desire. He gave her a son. See, God's gifts always accompany his presence. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. He's a gift giver. Not because you're asking, but because that's his heart's desire. And when you want to spend time with him, my God, there's nothing greater. See, we have to remember we need to remember these things. So, so when you seek him, things happen. Not only to you, but through you to others. See, it's, what's, it's what happened in the upper room after Jesus died. That's where the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. Come on. After Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared again to the disciples and over 500 others throughout Jerusalem for a period of 40 days. And on one of these occasions, this is what Jesus said, Acts 1, 4 through 5 and verse 8. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Don't tell me you're not a gift giver. 
which you have heard me seek about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You will receive power. Those of you in class yesterday, you know what this is about. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, come on, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So when Jesus went up to heaven, the disciples, what did they do? They went back to the room. That was the very room that they had the last supper with him. That's the room, Luke called it an upper room. Just as he had done when describing the place where they had eaten their last supper. The place where he washed their feet. Come on. The place they broke bread. The place he told them to remember him. They went back to that room. It was in that room, the place of intimacy with him. Come on. Will you go back to that room, to that space of intimacy? I know you have kids. I know you have a job. I know you have this. I, know, I, I get it. We all have things. But we can't replace that room, that space, that intimacy with those things. See, those things are not going to get you anywhere. Let me tell you what happens when, when, when they went back to that place. Acts 1.14. They all joined together. What were they doing? What were they doing in that place? It's right there. Open book test. What they were doing? They were constantly what? They were together. What they were doing? They were together. What they were doing? along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers, they all joined together. What? Constantly they were together. They were going back to the place and remembering. There was something that happened there. Relationships were being formed. Come on. Needs were being met. Come on. Prayers were being answered. Come on. They met together. Why do you think the enemy is trying so hard to keep us separate? Why do you think he doesn't want us to make room? Why do you think all this stuff is happening? We need to be together, not separated. We need to join. See, I'm going to tell you, I know the needs were met. Look, look what happened. Acts 2, 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were what? Are separated in their houses. Don't bother me. Leave me alone right no what they were they were all what together in one place come on and then suddenly whew, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that se that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled not not some not the good ones, not the bad ones, not the, this one. The, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. As a result of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, come on, over 3,000 people put their faith in Christ. But how did it happen? They made room. They went back to the room. They remembered and they gathered together and prayed needs were met why are we so separated in the church 
Imagine if we really made room, every need in this room and beyond will be met. There wouldn't be a lack, not in, not in any of us. There wouldn't be somebody hungry. There wouldn't be. We would eradicate that. But we're so busy with so many other things that we don't put our resources together. We don't put our time together. We don't come constantly to the place of the room together, to pray together, to, to meet needs together, to lay hands on the sick so they shall recover. They remembered what he said. Do we remember what he said? He said, you will be my witnesses. And what happened when they did this? See, listen, that was just the beginning. In, in, in the days that followed, the disciples continued to do more wondrous and miraculous signs started happening. Things started happening. I could imagine. This, this one went, oh, listen, I was at that room and my needs got met. And all of a sudden now I could see. And now I bring this one. And, I, and you go to that. And, and, and I was healed and my back was healed. And, and now I got to bring you over here. And what you have a need, come on, I'll bring and things and people were added. Acts 2, 4 to 7, the, the second part of it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what happens when you make room. More come. See, soon those who follow Christ, they were taking the gospel, the truth of this gospel beyond Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria to the ends of the earth, just as Jesus said they would. What does this mean? What, what is the Lord showing us tonight? Just like the innkeeper needed to make room in his own life, we too must make room. But why? Why do we need to make room? That's the question. First of all, it's for you so that you know him better and fall in love with him more deeply. And then second, it's for you to share with others so that they may know him better and fall in love with him more deeply. So he'll do a work in you and he'll continue to work from the inside out. And then you can take that to others and share the good news with others so that they could see and believe and put their trust not in man or woman, in him. We can't afford to miss this like the innkeeper. Come on. We can't afford to miss this. There's got to be a work in. In. That small, intimate place in, within. That's where Jesus wants to be. And then he'll do outside. He'll use you greatly. He'll use you mightily. Have you forgotten? I'm here to remind you. Let's just take a moment. Just, just quiet yourself for a moment. Father, in, in me, through me, Father, the work that you want to do, the intimacy that you want to have, to enlarge our territory, Father, to enlarge our capacity to receive, 
and through us, Father, that you want to do this work. And you want to have that intimate time with us. the creator of the whole universe would want to spend time with you. My God, you should be honored. Wow, me, God. Yes, you. He wants to be intimate with you. where you get answers to what you need where you get revelation of truth where he directs your path where he does the work on the inside praise you Jesus an inward work Father an inward work in us Just take a moment. Just take a moment. I know to some it's like awkward silence or it's not. It's a moment of just, just quieting yourself. Just quieting yourself. Just being refreshed by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. stripes we are healed father where we remember that you've done a complete work in us Lord. where we remember Lord all your benefits father where we remember your goodness where we remember your holiness where we remember that you are for us and not against us 
where we remember that if you are for us, who can be against us, Lord? Where we remember that we are more than conquerors. The place that we remember, Father, that there's nothing missing, nothing broken, Lord. That you have given us all that pertains to life and godliness. The place of peace. The place of wisdom, Lord. That when we've done all to stand, Father, we can stand some more. The place where we are covered. The place where we grow not weary, Father. The place that you're near the brokenhearted. The place that we can soar with you, Father. The place where we receive our nourishment. And we're connected to you. That we're in relationship with you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. take communion tonight I want to remind you that the bread as a symbol of the body of Jesus and wine as a symbol of his blood this is you know the act of taking communion is worship it's worship and remembrance if you need a cup just let them raise your hand they'll give you one going to read tonight from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what all I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. said, this is my body, which is for you. He said, do this in remembrance of me. As you take the bread tonight, the symbolism of his body being broken, he gave thanks for a broken body. Come on so that you would not have to live with a broken body. He knew what we would have to face. He knew what would come. He knew, but he did it anyway for our sake. And he took it upon himself so that we wouldn't have to. And no matter what the sickness is, no matter what the disease is, his broken body for your body made do this today. Take it in remembrance of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you for your body, Lord, broken for our bodies. That if tonight, if there's anyone in pain, Father, that pain, we command you in the, in the root cause of whatever's causing pain to leave right now the bodies of those in pain in Jesus' name. We can command health and healing to flow right now from the top of their heads to the soles of their feet, Father. For there's no time or distance where your word cannot reach, Father. So tonight we declare you are made whole in Jesus' name. By his stripes you are healed. Forget not his benefits. Forget not what he's done for you. Receive it in your body tonight. And share what God has done for you. We thank you for it, Lord. And in the same way, he took also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant. It's the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, your new covenant with us, sealed with your blood, showing us that you are for us, that you're not against us, showing and declaring how much you love us, that you would give your life for us. That we will never be alone. That you are always with us. That you love us with an everlasting love. Thank you for this covenant, Lord. It can never be broken, Lord. Father, help us to understand. Help us to understand what it means, Lord. To renew our minds to your truth. Let us never forget what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, drink. going to give an opportunity for the Holy Spirit for whatever he wants to do tonight for the rest of the time that we have. We thank you, Lord. We make room tonight. We lay it down, Father. Oh, I hope you're excited to make room. encourage you start somewhere even if it's just two minutes in the day or 
a few minutes at night where whatever you know some of you are morning some of you are night people it's okay nobody said and the bible doesn't say it had to be in the morning or the night i mean it does say wake up get up early and pray <laughs> but you can pray and you can talk to him and you can make room and and don't forsake the gathering of the brethren that's what the enemy wants you come and gather and get back to this because things happen in this atmosphere when we're together. We can meet each other's needs. We can help one another. We can strengthen each other. Come on, encourage and build one another. The Bible says that iron sharpens iron. We need each other. We need to continually pray for one another. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. It avails much. We need one another. And as we worship out this, the rest of the service and just make this an intimate time of your declaration unto the Lord. I make room for you. I make room for you. And there's no condemnation. So don't leave here condemned. Leave here encouraged. Maybe you've overbooked your life. Well, today's a day where you start scratching out some of those appointments. <laughs> and you enlarge your territory, your heart to receive. For he has things for you. And don't forget to continue to make room daily because you can live that life. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.